y'all so much for tuning in. If you are joining us for the first time, welcome to the real room. My name is Colanda. And this is Stanley. I see we have a visitor. We thank God for Elder Lee joining us tonight. <laughs> All right, and we are talking about Oh, I praise the Lord, everybody. Uh, we're talking about sexuality, sexual immorality versus perversion. And this is a, something that came up. Man, we were talking about something totally different. And there was like a request for this topic. So I'm going to let you start it off, Pastor Platt. Oh, my God. I do not like when you say that. But <laughs> anyway, let me put let me put this disclaimer out. Um, because I know when we start talking about sexuality and immorality, uh, we live in a very um sensitive uh era so a lot of things that we believe as believers and according to the word of god um can come off as offensive so we're not here to um condemn anybody we're not here to judge anybody this was a topic that came up out of the conversation that we had the last time um and so me and kalanda both been getting you know questions and things in regards to it so we don't want people to think that we are here to judge you regardless of what you're doing, you know, things of that nature. We will tell you the word and um, quote it, and we will give you the answers according to the word of the Lord, but please do not get um, easily offended. Now, let me say this. Um, this show is not for those that are not trying to um, be a sincere, saved Christian. If you want right. to be out there and do your thing and, you know, do it, have at it, you know, but if you're honestly trying to get answers and you have questions in regards to this and you want it to be a situation where you're trying to um, better your walk with the Lord, then tonight would be for you. Um, but if you're here to just debate and be like, well, that's just me. I'm going to just do me. And, you know, go ahead and do you. We're not going to judge you. We love you. Jesus loves you. Um, and, and this and that. But we don't want it to be a situation where it's turning into that. Like, we're actually going to use this to help people. So if you feel like this is not going to be a help to you and your mind is made up to do what you want to do, do what you want to do. And there's no judgment. Trust me, because none of us have a spot to judge you in. But if you're honestly and sincere trying to get answers to be better, then that's what the theme is tonight. So yeah. I, I, I just felt led to share that because I know the devil be busy on social media. Yes, he is. He's so quick to say you judging and yeah. this and that. And y'all trying to tell us how to, we're not trying to tell you how to live your life. You know, we're just giving advice based on the word of God. So that's and all. I, I want to make a clarification. When we say no judgment, we mean like we cannot send you to hell <laughs> or in, like condemn you to eternal life separated from God. But we do have every right, according to scripture, to label people accordingly. Mm-hmm. But we're saying wherever uh, we recognize that with Jesus Christ came a choice, and we have all the we each have the choice to decide whether we accept his standard or not. <laughs> and so we respect that everybody has made cho- choices yeah. to follow Christ and or not. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, um, we respect that. So yeah, so please don't be in these comments trying to argue with us because you might yeah. get cussed out tonight. I'm tired. <laughs> um, so I'm just telling y'all now. Please. Yeah, he don't he don't like literally mean like cuss that. No, I, no, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want y'all to judge me when I do. So, so well, that's right. We are we we are fruit inspectors. We have been we have been given uh, the authority by 
according to our faith to inspect fruit um so first i before i let you get started i think we should maybe like start with some definitions yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. And I, that might just be like the writer in me. So when we're talking about sexual immorality, um, mm. it's often used in the New Testament and it's translated, the word is translated as pornania, P-O-R-N-E-I-A, mm. um, which is also translated as whoredom, fornication, and idolatry, which means it's a surrendering of sexual purity and it primarily focuses on premarital sexual relations. Um, but it is from this word, pornania, um, this Greek word that we get the English word, pornography, oh, yeah. which stems from the concept. This is what I felt like. God, mm-hmm. like, you so strategic. Like, which stems from the concept of selling off se- sexual purity. Mm-hmm. And it involves any type of sexual expression outside the boundaries of biblically defined marriage um, so that's what sexual immorality is mm-hmm. on the other hand perversion is diversion from the true intent or purpose a change to something worse a turning or applying to a wrong end or use so for example you start trying to like you're using a pen but you're trying to make it erase you like you're perverting the use of that tool because it's intended to be uh, yeah okay mm-hmm. and i got scripture for anybody who needed but i'm gonna go ahead go, ahead go ahead go ahead <laughs> we're word-based we're word-based uh broadcast because i want y'all i don't want y'all to think like no, oh, hey, they come with their opinions. yeah okay um so we're going to start with sexual immorality first um mm-hmm. and so it's according to my study it's best understood in the context of Corinthians 6.18, which says, 1 Corinthians 6.18, which reads, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. So that's talking specifically about sexual immorality. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to perversion, Y'all, it was so many scriptures. I'm gonna find one in the New Testament because a lot of people like live in the in the law. So I'm gonna find I got one in the New Testament in Romans 1 27. Oh, maybe <laughs> that's too on the note. I'm gonna do Ephesians 4 19. What it say? They have become callous and have mm. given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. And that is um, a scripture for perversion. But we can start with sexual immorality. Um, I think, well, you know, I think we now live in an era where sex and sexuality is, 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 is like a, a liberal approach to it. There's no uh, sacredness. There's no discretion to it. Um, you know, like growing up, you know, when we were kids, we had to wait until like, two or three in the morning to watch the Cinemax movies. Yeah. Now, you don't have to do that anymore. You know, I remember the days. I mean, we're going to be real tonight. It's the real yeah. one cares. You know, I've been free. I've been delivered. But I remember the days where, you know, back in the day, like, you had to, you had to sneak porn in your house. You know, you had to sneak the videos and the DVDs and stuff like that and, and watch stuff. Or we didn't have, like, we had cell phones, but cell phones was really kind of like budding at that time. But now... Yeah. 
with social media and everything, everything, sexuality, anything dealing with sex, anything dealing with porn, anything dealing with, with any type of enticing um, sexual thing, it's easily accessible, you know? So, um, and now we live in a day where with this new generation, um, they're just, that's just their way of expressing themselves. You know, you have people like we were taught, you know, you shouldn't have sex before marriage. Um, and now that conversation is actually changing. It's now changing to, okay, if you do have sex before marriage, um, at least have protection. It's not even about make sure you having sex with or anything like that. We're not talking about how not only could you possibly, possibly you may not be able to get sexually transmitted diseases, but you definitely, there are times where you will take on sexually transmitted demons. And, you know, and I don't think we in the church have did a good job talking about sexuality. Um, growing up, I, I, I do remember the conversations, you know, growing up in church where they were saying, you don't need a boyfriend, you don't need a girlfriend, mm -hmm. your focus should be on Jesus, um, and you were going <laughs> to hell for dating and all of that. But then what I saw was a lot, if I could just be honest, um, a lot of the people that, that they really put that into, and it almost made them feel guilty about it, they ended up growing up with a lot of questions in regards to sexuality, you know, their sexuality, you know, like, what do I do? I have these feelings. I have these urges. My flesh is naturally responding to things and I don't know what to do about it. And you're going to have to tell them more than just pray it away and fast it away. Like, you know, then we talked about, I'm, I'm going to really shake up something right now. We preached against the spirit of lust and cast out that demon of lust. But lust is not a spirit. Lust is not a demon. Lust is a work of the flesh. It is something you naturally um, have that you control. You don't cast out lust. You control lust. A lot of people don't realize that. So I don't think we did a good job, especially in, in the Pentecostal church. You know, we were said that the Holy Ghost will do everything. And, um, you know, what they said, yeah, they, they were saying, you know, the Holy Ghost to do this and and, and just pray about, which I do believe prayer changes things and prayer changes people, but there is a responsibility that we have to do as well. So I'm just saying, I think, um, so when we think about perversion and when we think about immorality, we, we as the church really owe this generation and past generations an apology because we did not, we were so scared to deal with it. We just told them, don't do it. You're going to hell. And we never like dealt with, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause then, Cause then you got, you got people that, what, what about it when you got people that are, and, and let me just say this, sex is a beautiful thing for those of, I can't say that for those that have, <laughs> for those that have that. experienced sex, sex is a beautiful thing, but it's meant to be in the confine God in God's way, God's eyes. It is meant to be in the confines of marriage. And if we are going to be saved and if we are going to be believers, then we have to remember that, that, yeah, we may have messed up and some of us have, have, you know, you know, some, some of our body counts are a little high, but the Lord is a redeemer, you know, yes, he and he, he's, he's forever faithful towards us to forgive us yes, and wash us and cleanse us, but it's really meant to be in the confines of marriage. But because nowadays it's so, it's wide open, like, that's one of my reasons why I'm kind of like not wanting to have kids because I'm like, Lord Jesus, 20 years from now, these kids are going to be running around here naked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
you know, it's it's interesting. Like you you made the comment about like the Pentecostal church, and then mm-hmm. on the flip side, the evangelical church, mm-hmm. tr- and trying to not have the same conversation created mm-hmm. um, this false doctrine of purity culture, which I think also like seep into our church, the Pentecostal churches as well. And if you're not familiar with purity culture, it focuses specifically on sexual purity as if that is the only standard of purity when Mm -hmm. it comes to biblical purity, which is not the case. So purity, God wanted us to be pure in heart, but purity culture focused specifically on sexual, I mean, yeah, on sexual purity. And it was mostly geared towards women as if, if a woman could control herself and remain pure, it would relieve men of being tempted or falling themselves because the woman would remain chaste, she would remain pure. So you have um, this denomination who they did. They did purity rings, they do purity balls, like they do these big purity vows. And so what happens as a result of that teaching, a lot of women have heard for so long that sex was bad. That was what they were taught so that they would remain pure. Those women grow up to be, those girls grow up to be women who get married and now have difficulty with intimacy in their marriages Mm -hmm. because the unlearning that now has to take place that, like Stanley said, sex is beautiful. The, The Bible says that every good and perfect thing comes from God. Um, and sex is a good thing. And so that means it came from God and it is beautiful within his standard of it. But because we like we didn't know how to approach the situation, mm-hmm. we tried to demify it and like don't touch it, don't stay away, you know, stay away from it. And then with this promise that if you do, God's gonna bless you, you're gonna have a good husband, y'all gonna have a great marriage, which those things are not biblical. The Bible never told us that we would all be married, that we would all have live happily ever after it said every person who was born of a woman your day is gonna be full of trouble it never said that we was gonna live happily ever after but that's what purity culture promises in exchange for you remaining chaste so um to stanley's point because the church has not equipped itself with how to approach these topics we're not like i feel like we're playing catch up so I can't even teach you about abstinence anymore. Now, like you said, I'm just trying to teach you how to use contraceptives so that all of y'all don't come back from college pregnant because that's what it is now. You know, the, the mm-hmm. youth department is going away to college and some finish and some don't and they come back home they ain't even going on pregnant. They ain't going right. on the summer trip. That's right. And and then it's not, and it's more than just pregnant. It, you got diseases out there now. You got soul ties you have yeah. attachments you know um you it's, it's a lot of stuff and like i said sex is so sex is the new handshake these days like you know you just walk to somebody and just shake their hand yeah that's how sex is becoming now it's it's like a new handshake there's so, no regard for it no, no it's sacredness it's yeah. to it anymore so it's yeah. kind of like excuse me it's kind of like um hey i gotta get and i get it as a as a young man that's single i've never been married so as a young man that's single, now, I mean, I've said it before in the room, have I dotted every I and crossed every T? Absolutely not. Have I had a few sessions? Yes, I have. You know, I, but I was in a flesh moment. I, in those moments, I will honestly say that I was not in a spiritual mindset. And once those situations have happened, I've repented and I asked God to like, okay, God, you're going to have to really help me 
get this get this together and get this under control. So I'm not gonna sit up here and act like you know I've never. I mean, I mean it's 2022. We all grown. So the Bible says if any man says he's not a sinner, he's a liar. He hasn't sinned. He's a liar. So I'm not gonna lie on the real. But what I am gonna say is is this that my advice would be if you are active and you're not married and you are active my advice would be in regardless of what side that you're active on stop it before because one thing about immorality it opens the door for perversion and with perversion it's a slippery slope like it is it is so hard to bounce back it's not impossible but it's so hard to bounce back from that the enemy's job is to try to lure you into things and get you entangled in the stuff and get you wrapped up and tied up in the things and it is so hard it's harder for you to bounce back when you're so far gone i'm yeah. not saying it's not impossible but it's because with god anything's possible but at the end of the day you once you see that this is becoming a lifestyle of yours and you're trying to please god and you're trying to really serve god and and and, and be saved then you got to do what you got to do to stop that before it creates a bigger monster. So immorality is is one thing, and but it does open the door for perversion, and that's a whole nother beast. Yeah. Why do you think the Lord deal deals so much with sexuality? Like, why not food? Why not mindset? But like, why so much scripture and discussion about sexual immorality? I think. Well, to be honest, I don't think the Lord deals with it any different than any other sin. You know, he talks about gluttony. He talks about... Um, but I guess, well, why do you think this is a sin against your own body? Why, why is this gluttony? They, well, I think they all are. I think they all are. Gluttony, you know, um, I think they all can be. But I think God is, God is about procreation and reproducing itself. The Bible says that he made man in his own image and in his likeness. So when God sees man... Um, he has a high regard for man. Um, you know, some people say, well, we, if we, if we, you know, we're no different than animals. It's no different than watching two dogs, you know, down the street. God ain't going to strike them dead for doing what they do. Wow. But we have a soul. And like I said, this is for, this show tonight is really for the ones that's, that have, that, that really has a heart to want to change or that's really trying to get answers to stop. Now, if you want to live that life and go forward and do that, they have have added no judgment have added but if you're really trying to please the lord then it does take a level of sacrifice so sex is one of those things where we do have to sacrifice it is a level of self-denial um there were people in the bible that were called eunuchs and mm -hmm. i was just telling marcus this last night but a eunuch in the bible was a man that was castrated so he could not have sex so he dedicated his life to god because he was castrated so, but that was the extremes that they took. We don't have to do that these days, but those are some of the extremes that they took. Paul even said, he said, I wish that you all were single like me because you can serve God. But since you're not, your first ministry is to your marriage and things of that nature. But it just comes with a level of, I guess when God looks at sex and sexuality, he wants it to make, he wants it to make sure that it looks like him, that we're procreating. It's like worship. Worship is intimacy. It's literally sex with God. So when you when you're having sex with your spouse, that's a form of worship, and God honors that. So yeah. that's just that's just it's a really a lot to unpack in that one. Yeah, but, but that's I think, really like the gist of it to me. 
I think also too, um, so I was studying, you know, Matthew 5, the Beatitudes, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God, Matthew 5 mm-hmm. and 8. But so like if we're sexually impure or we're sexually immoral, that means because we are three parts, body, soul, and spirit, if my body and my soul belong to this type of impurity or this immorality, my spirit don't stand a chance to hear anything from God because that's, y'all not good at math. That's two thirds of my body (laughs) that belongs to to other impurities. But you know what though? I think that's because we don't understand the difference between sin and the works of the flesh. Mm. You know, like when you have the work, what is that scripture? Um, Galatians. Give me a, give Galatians, me a few phrases. Let me get like my pastor. Go to Galatians 5 and 19 and wait for me. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it. That's it's definitely that's the one. Yeah. Now, the works of the flesh, Galatians 5 19. Now, the works of the flesh are evident mm-hmm. sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality. Those are works of the flesh. That means that if I'm saved or not, if something happens to cause my body to react, it's going to react. It is a work of the flesh. That doesn't mean that it's a, a, a sin necessarily. It's just, that's just how the flesh works. That's why we have to keep our flesh under subjection. We have to keep our flesh under control. We have to keep our flesh, you know, you know, put in a place where it is constricted and, and yeah. bound to the cross. We have to crucify it daily, like Paul says, because our flesh, if we let our flesh do what it wants to do, you My Lord. That's why I tell people when you're not saved and you don't have a relationship with God, you never say what you'll never do. You're right. You would be surprised at what your flesh would because your flesh wants to be, it wants attention, it wants to be felt, it wants to be held, it wants to be acknowledged. So it's going to do whatever it can to get that. It's greedy, it doesn't stop. The flesh has no limits. So you can't give the flesh any options. Now, have we we've all had flesh moments and we are. There were times, honestly, I would say this. I'll say this publicly. There were times where I have been in church, worship God. I mean, praise the Lord, Hidi Asatan, hands raised, and I would and literally went after church, linked up with somebody, and bam, right after that. It it happens because I did not, I was so busy worshiping, I forgot to put my flesh on this subjection. Mm. My spirit man was worshiping and praising God, but I didn't have any control over my flesh. That body. A sinner? No. That just means that was a wake-up call like, oh, no, you need to get your flesh under control because this this thing is about to destroy you if you don't stop. So it happens. And it's not that it's not like we don't have the ability to have some self-control or some self-denial. Like, there's some level of self-control that you have because you don't eat everything in sight. Unless you eat everything in sight, you know, it's some self-control. We don't go off on every person. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the same self-control. We just have to apply it to every area of our life, especially when it comes to our flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know sometimes we see it as a separate hard thing, but self-control is self-control it just you have to apply it in every area you know of your life and you really got to monitor what you entertain yeah because when your flesh is not under control for instance people that an appetite i'm telling you like if you watch if you're literally watching porn every night (laughs) you're going to do something like eventually 
you're going to do something. You can sit yeah. there, I just watch it. It's just entertaining me. I don't bother me. Okay, keep watching it. Because yeah. it's causing your body to react and it's going to cause a craving for you. Um, it's the one of the words and the devil is, um, uh, Paul said, he's enticing. It's enticing. It creates an appetite. It, it, it creates like something like, oh, I need to try that. An interest, a curiosity. And you got a lot of people that done got into stuff based off of, you know, this curiosity yep. that they had because of what they entertained and what they watched and what they, you know, allowed to enter their spirit. So yep. it happens. So before we move on to perversion, I want to uh, us to bust some common objectives okay. um, to why people either like don't agree with what's sexually immoral or why they feel like it's okay. So the first one is, we hear this a lot, it's not wrong because we love each other. So okay. it's like, we're going to be together anyway, so what's the harm of us, you know, going ahead and... Um, I've heard that. I've heard that before. And I think the thing that we have to remember is, and this, this kind of hurt, it says, the Bible makes no distinction between love and unloving sexual relations. It only looks at whether it was marriage within what God considers as a standard of marriage. Anything outside his standard is fornication or sexual immorality. And if you love um, get married. Yeah. I mean, that's what Paul said. Yeah, he said it's better to marry than to burn with passion. Mm -hmm. But y'all don't want to read that part. But it's, it's okay. Uh, the it's other objection. <laughs> yeah. The other objection that we typically hear is that times have changed and what was wrong in biblical times is no longer considered sin. I've heard that before. I've heard that. I've definitely heard that before. I hear that a lot. So this says most of the passages in the Bible that condemn sexual immorality also condemn other evils such as greed, lust, stealing, murder, etc., we have no problem understanding that those things are still sin, but we want to classify sexual immorality as no longer a sin, although God's character does not change with the culture. Mm. That's what's hard for people to accept. He has not changed. Culture has changed. Society has changed. God has not changed. And that was a wake-up call for me a couple of days ago. So That God has not changed? No, he doesn't change. Like, he never changed. We changed it. He never changed. Yeah. Hmm. That's a good one. I, I've heard that one before. I hear that a lot. The third one is that we're married in God's eyes. Okay, go get a license. Uh, <laughs> You're married in God's eyes, go get a license. Okay, Google, stop. <laughs> It says this argument implies that God is cross-eyed and like unable to determine what is, you know, actually married. Like he didn't see us not go get the license or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the last one is I can still have a good relationship with God despite sexual immorality because he understands. He does. And you're absolutely correct. He he knows. What do they say about that one? Proverbs twenty eight and nine says, "If one turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination." 
Mm. We we are fooling ourselves when we think that we can stubbornly choose sin and God does not care. That's the thing. He has given you a choice. There are still consequences to your choices. I had a friend ask me one time, well, like, Kalana, what's the purpose if God just going to make me do what he want me to do anyway? And I told her, it's like a seatbelt. You don't have to use it. Every car has one. You don't have to use it. You have a choice. But if you get caught without wearing a seatbelt, there is a consequence. Mm-hmm. It can save your life so that it, it, it should encourage you to use it. But you don't have to, but get caught without wearing it. You either right. going to die if you get in an accident or you only have a ticket. And I don't know why we don't see the Lord the same way that there's going to be a consequence. It's not a matter of him making you do something. You still have the, the right to choose. He's encouraging you to choose life. But you can choose cursing. You can. And he still loves you either way. <laughs> yeah. He'll never stop loving you. <laughs> He'll yeah. never stop loving you. And I think a lot of times, we, like I said, we live in an era now where can't nobody tell me how to live my life. Ain't none of nobody's business who won't sleep. And you're right. We can't tell you how to live your life. It's none of our business who you're sleeping with. Um, you know, we need to mind our own business. But if you are trying, like I said, if you're one of those ones that are saying, I'm trying to get myself together, we're talking to you tonight. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because truth be told, nobody needs to know who you done, who you done mess with or this or that and the other. But, you know, my thing tonight, and I'm sure is yours as well. We want people to know that even even if this is your life right now, this is not the end. Like the, yeah. God can bring you out of yeah. any type of immorality. He he's he loves you that much. He's willing as, to get you out. Yeah. As long as he delays his coming, there yeah. is an opportunity. Yeah. Like I, I want us to think about like how long suffering the Lord must be. Cause y'all see all this foolishness happening. You know, they cut you off in traffic, you ready to go. I, I followed a lady a few a few weeks ago. I follow her because she made me so mad. But to see how like long suffering the Lord is, it's like Lord, I know you see this. Mm-hmm. Like then on TikTok, the witches who go live all the time, the mediums, the people who are actively encouraging people to leave the church, and it's like Lord, I know you see all this, but He is delaying His coming as a sign of His patience mm-hmm. with us, His long suffering. Then I think that should encourage us to say, oh gosh, wow. Yeah. You being patient with this? I, I I do not want to see what the wrath of God looks like. Yeah. I have seen God like deal with my enemies before. And I've had to ask God to have mercy because it was like, well, Lord, I didn't know you was gonna do that. I kind of just wanted them to like leave this job. I didn't know like you was gonna bother, you know, their health was gonna decline. I don't I would not want to be on the receiving end of God's wrath. Mm-mm. I would rather struggle with denying this flesh than to have to face an uncertain future mm-hmm. um, because the scripture is clear that those sexually immoral will not inherit the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that means, like what that looks like or you know what, but I do know like it's impossible to be led by the spirit to have a relationship with him. If my body and my soul are subject to this thing, but my spirit mm-hmm. keeps saying like, I'm subject to the Lord. Yeah. The Bible tells us, uh, you know, any a house divided against itself cannot stand. Mm-hmm. I think, and, and, and that's so true because you're literally, it's like every day you, you sin, you're literally taking a chance. And yes. 
even that's why honestly I, I i a lot of people don't know this i do a lot of repenting <laughs> I like god if if i did something i don't even know was wrong just, yeah i do too and i don't do it out of fear i do it out of the fact because i love god so much i would hate to be down here doing all this work for him and live for him then when i when when my time come i don't get in so i want every chance that i get like okay god whatever it is and and, you know, I heard one preacher say this, and I can kind of agree with it a little bit. He did say the conversation of sex is now overrated. But the reason why it's overrated is because nobody talked about it in previous times. Um, so now it has become, it may seem overrated, um, but it's, it's really not because we've never had a real deal. Anybody our age and older could tell you the church really did not talk about sex. You know, and so now, you know, we got to deal with this stuff because people are making a lot of immoral and a lot of people don't even know what they're doing is wrong. Right. To be honest. So a lot of people think, oh, I'm just, it's just natural. You know, especially when you're a teenager, you're in high school, all your friends doing it and stuff. It's just, it may seem like the fun thing to do right now, but a lot of people don't really, they probably don't know what they're doing is wrong because nobody yeah. said anything. Yeah. We just let them run out there and get, get everything. <laughs> Touch your heart, Jesus. Okay, so let's move to perversion because mm -hmm. I really want I want people to understand that while we typically use the term perversion to like specifically classify sexual immorality, the Bible talks about three specific um, behaviors. Or well, two other behaviors outside of sex that it also refers to as perverted. So I don't want us to think that the sexually immoral, the sexually immoral, the fornicators, the adulterers, um, the LGBTQ, like they are per perverted. Your speech can be perverted. The way that you do justice can also be perverted. And I think when we have this more wholesome view then i think we can um i think we can be better believers and then start look, looking at some of the other systems that may be in place so for example um when it comes to speech psalms i mean proverbs 10 31 says the mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom but the perverse mm -hmm. tongue well so that's gonna be cut off and then when it comes to justice ecclesiastes 5 and 8 says if you See in a province the oppression of the poor and the violation of justice and righteousness. Do not be amazed at the matter, for the high official is watched by a higher, and there are yet higher ones over them. So it talks about even um, perverse judgment. So it's not just um, used when it comes to sexual immorality, but your speech can also be perverse. Mm -hmm. um, and like, you know, other things as well is saying, like, anything can be perverted for example using opiates for non-medicinal purposes you know you getting high it's not to help heal something or to mm -hmm. relieve pain um that's a perversion it was saying of the poppy plant so anything can be perverted because the enemy likes to take whatever the lord has created as good and he likes to twist it um and make it use it for what it was not intended to be used for or mm -hmm. convince people that it's okay to use it this way but mm -hmm. but just like i wouldn't use a pencil trying to make it a pen or vice versa we should be the same when it comes to yeah 
It was a lot of perverted, like stuff. Yeah, we, we was. So is it safe to stuff. say that everybody has experienced perversion or have done something perverted at one point in their life? Oh yeah, but I think because we only like use that word for sexual stuff, mm-hmm. we don't see how some of the things that we too have, you know, could be perverted. Like if you got blessings and cursing coming out, blessings and curses, not cursing, but blessings and curses coming out of the same mouth, I would say that your speech is perverted. Mm-hmm. How can you do do both? One minute you doing, you know, you speaking in tongue, giving wisdom, the next minute, uh, minute you literally cursing somebody, mm-hmm. casting spells and stuff like that. Burning I stage. I'm perverted. I'm going to keep preaching against that one. Yeah, worshiping God and burning sage. I had somebody to tell me the other day that they were communicate. They they believe that they communicate with their ancestors and they see that as an extension of God. And I think that is a perverted worship. You know, you think, you know, forget the. It don't even make logic sense because I'm like, sis, why do God need an extension of Himself? How do you know you were talking to your ancestors? Because you don't even know them, what they look like, or what they sound like. So how do you know that? They, like, I have a lot of logical questions, but that's a perverted form of worship. Mm-hmm. Um, and even using sage to like burn, thinking that we are going to cleanse your atmosphere. Yeah, no. it's per, the perverting the use or the purpose of sage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of times we don't look at it as that. We only refer to it as it being something sexual, but perversion yeah. is, is definitely a lot more than, you know, what we think, you know, as far as that, because at the end of the day, um, that's why, that's why God was really, really, God had fired Saul. God had really fired Saul. But when Saul went to that witch of Andor to bring you, save the spirit back. Yeah. God, like, you know what? Not this. You're really out of here. Yeah. I am so done with you now. Like you, you done got to this point where you went to a witch to do that so that was perversion that was yep. perverted so yeah that so there is a difference between immorality and perversion as you can see it perversion is that twisted side that confused side you know and like i say because you got people that's doing things perverted and in their mind that's not who they are they just for instance look at the jeffrey Dahmer situation in his mind it was okay i couldn't watch it I, I couldn't get past the first episode, but if you're sick if you watched all episodes. That's how I feel. But no, seriously, in his mind, he felt like, now to be honest, that was a form of perversion to go to that extreme, to the point where you, like, all of that. The Bible, but this is what's so crazy. People don't realize this. A lot of this stuff that we hear about today, this was going on in Bible times. Yeah, You know, Paul dealt with, you know, bestiality. There were um, men that were sleeping with their daughters. Um, there was, um, uh, you know, there was, uh, oh, my God. There was so much uh, perversion that was going on, you know, in, in back in those times. And when Paul would go to Greek or Antioch or Corinth and Galatia and talk to these people about this stuff, you know, he was dealing with this stuff because that's what they were doing. So when we see it happening now, this is nothing new to God. Yeah. He already knows. So it's it's not a shock to him when, Oh, it's a shame. This stuff happening. No, that's a lie. This stuff has happened before. <laughs> so, right. version has always been here in the earth. Um, it's also so it says when we pervert sexuality, speech, or justice, we are 
distorting the likeness of God that's supposed to be in our lives. And so mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why we should not, we need to be careful about perversion, but also perversion leads to bondage and death. So I'm thinking about Jeffrey Dahmer. I don't really know what his specific issues are. Is he still alive? No, he got killed in prison. Oh, well, he was in literal bondage because he was in prison and then it, it led to physical death. But that's how the enemy is. He, he, it's, it's, it's like um, what happened to Eve in the garden. It was one thing, she had no idea like what the Lord was really trying to do, that he was trying to keep her, keep them from having to experience evil. By, but by perverting her, um, her relationship or the word that she had heard from the Lord, it enticed her mm-hmm. to go ahead and eat the fruit. And then now, because of that, we experience evil or we have the state of depravity that runs rapid in, in the earth now because of, because of that. And so I, we need to be careful, especially in our sexuality, our speech, and when it comes to justice, because those are the things that we're supposed to um, are like in us to show the likeness of God, to show His, to show His image, um, and so that's why I, I, I feel like that's why the enemy like even fights us a lot, even with politics in the church when it comes to justice, because it's been per- perverted one way. I gotta, um, you know, when the when the church care more about who running for office versus the people in the neighborhood. Right. Who are homeless or you know we're, we're perverting the need for the gospel you know too because now it's about our own agendas so right. i know everybody has experienced or seen somebody who is perverting the gospel or even per- perverting the pulpit for their own use and so perverting their marriages yeah i'll leave it perverting money perverting their power perverting your kids yeah, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of perversion. We only we only say the um, the child molesters and are are the perverts. Oh God! I don't, I don't think they're really the perverts. I think they are their perversion. Their actions is a seed was was a seed sown of perversion that started it. Yeah, you know. So when, like we say earlier, when you entertain stuff or when you when you've been trained and taught certain things you act out like what's in you is gonna come out if if you don't let the lord snatch it out of you first so if you and you know what though and this is what this is what i want people to understand if you feel like your life is headed to that direction and you feel like it's like a slippery slope and you've not um and you don't think you can make god can deliver you from whatever you're in like it don't some people don't need to throw up and 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 spit it some people can honestly, there are some people that are not that deep into this stuff that all they got to do is just make a decision and God instantly takes it away. So, you know, I, I've seen it happen. And I think a lot of times in the church, because we don't hear a lot of testimonies about how God delivered them from perversion and immorality and stuff. We don't let people testify like that. We don't let people testify like that. But if we did hear a lot of those testimonies, we would see a lot of people getting free and making better decisions when it came to um you know what i'm saying when it came yeah. to, to, to to trying to be saved and stuff like that you know i was just thinking if for every time that we i'm saying we as a church made a woman stand up 
to like ask the church for forgiveness or we mm. like uh made her sit in the bag because she got pregnant out of wedlock i think was which it would be true that she perverted god's standard of sex because it happened outside of um marriage but i think those leaders and even the the members who supported that also perverted god's idea of um redemption and forgiveness you know by like okay well what if i forgive you you got to get up here and confess in front of everybody like as if her her going to the lord one-on-one or privately wasn't sufficient and so for every pastor who tried to point out somebody else's perverted behavior sir you a pervert too because you perverted god's justice you perverted his forgiveness yep it's some sick you know it's a lot of sick now now i'm not finna i'm not finna now i'm not finna hide the fact that there there are people out there that, that are just sick but it's a lot of sick people out there that have i think the people that that's really out there doing things with no intention to change or no intention to turn around or no intention to to do better i think those are the perverted ones uh, like Bible talks about that in romans how he gave them up to themselves it got right God said, i can't do nothing else with them because they clearly they don't want me they so they want they flesh so much i love them too much to kill them i'm gonna let them kill themselves so i'm gonna let them have themselves and god does that but you know i think that if you that's why it, it really starts within the heart the bible says our hearts are dis- deceitful and wicked who else can know it but god who else so it's really it's, it's really a matter of the heart perversion really starts in a matter of the heart even if you did it even if you thought about it even if it crossed your mind because there are a lot of people that may not have acted out the things that they thought about that were perverted but it crossed their mind you know, Bible say you did it in your heart. You did it in your heart. So that's why I say when it comes to this topic, Ooh. really nobody has we have no reason to judge anybody because somebody has everybody got a testimony when it comes to perversion and immorality. But at the end of the day, it's all about where your heart is. Like, are you trying to please the Lord or are you just content in being who you are? And I think when you get to that point where you say I'm content, then you have just you have accepted your level of perversion you know what i'm saying so yeah that's just how i feel about it i mean like i said we're we ain't trying to judge or nothing but hey it is what it is so yeah i i want us to leave this conversation like knowing that we are bigger than sex we sexuality like not that that's not a big thing, but like that's not the only thing God put put in us like that standard when it came to imprinting us with His image. And so, any opportunity that the enemy has to pervert what God has put in us, that's what He will do. So, if sexual sex is like uh, fornication isn't your thing, you still have to be mindful that there may be an area where the enemy is still or mm. can still twist or pervert something mm. in you that is supposed to um, magnify God. So we were creating his image to magnify him. And then the enemy adversely is coming along to pervert what he's putting us so that we don't magnify God. Mm-hmm. So I want us to be careful because I because I have some people who think, I mean, I was one of those people who thought like, okay, sex won't really be an issue for me when I get married. 
girl, just hold out till you get married and then it will not be an issue. And so just because that isn't my thorn, there is still a thorn <laughs> that I have that the enemy can still pervert. So I yeah. want us to, you know, be mindful. I don't want us to be naive that this is one of those big works of the flesh, but there's other things. There are other say. things out there. And and let me, yeah. and I do want to say this too. You don't cure a sin by taking on another sin. <laughs> so like yeah. if 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 sex is your thing, you can't say, okay, well I'm start um something else that way I don't have to that'll take my attention off that. No. <laughs> yeah. You don't do stuff like that. You don't cure a sin by doing another sin. Even if because all it does is add on to the, the trail that you've already dealt with. I think we got to be more honest. Uh, I remember Pastor Scale said this a couple of um weeks ago. A lot of times we 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 judge people for what they did, but we never really try to figure out why they did what they did. Yeah, so if good. you're dealing with some level of immorality or perversion and you see that this is something that's becoming out of control in your life, you need to really look yourself in the mirror and have a, take a step back and ask yourself, what is making me want to do this so bad? You know, um, I, I had to do it. You know, just last night I had to have a conversation with myself about some things. Um, you know, so you have to really ask yourself, what is drawing me to this? Is it, is it because I'm dealing with rejection? It's because mm -hmm. the theme is low. It's because, um, you know, I'm not happy with myself. I'm not depressed. So I'm just trying to be light. I'm trying to be loved. I'm trying to be this and that. You really need to get to the root of what's causing and the devil. That's the thing. The devil know the root of your problem, but you don't. He know the root because he, he throws the bait at the root because he already knows it's there. So we got to get to a point in our personal lives where we are really doing some deep sea diving in our life. And yeah, it's okay to repent. And we will want you to repent and ask God for forgiveness. But get to the root of why you did what you did. Because yeah. if you never get to the root, then you're going to keep repenting for the same thing over yeah. and over and over, and over again. Yeah. So a lot of things, like I said, it's, you know, I know a lot of people, we live in a day now where, you know, everybody say walk in your truth and if that's who you are, walk in your authenticity and be who you are, you're a sexual being and, you know, you can do whatever you want to do. You can be this way this day and be that way tomorrow and this and that. But if you're trying to be who God wants you to be, then you got to make some changes. Like, it, it's a sacrifice. You can be who yeah. you, you can walk in your truth. All of us can. We all are sinners. <laughs> Say yeah. by grace. And we all walk, you know, that is your truth. But it don't have to be that way. I remember, yeah. I'm going to say this, I'm, and I'm done. I remember one time I was praying, it was a couple of years ago. And I was like, God, I don't want to be like this. I don't want to be that type of person. I don't want to da 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 da. I don't want to indulge in this. I don't want to da 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 da. And you know what the Lord told me? He said, You don't have to be. I mean, it was just clear as day. You don't have, you don't have to be anything you don't want to be. The power of God can change you from whatever lifestyle or whatever thing that you have going on. Even if the church still want to hold you captive and still remind you of what you used to be, God. Yeah can still change you. And a lot of people I think ain't delivered because the church won't let them be delivered. But that's another topic. Leave the church, y'all. Yeah, if you, cause I, cause honestly, I know guys that were living a lifestyle of, you know, of, of same sex relationships and they have gotten married. They have, um, have families now. God has honestly delivered them. But when they come around the church, a lot of church folk be like, well, you know, he used to, I'm surprised he used to such and such, such and such. Mm. And we wonder why folk won't get delivered. 
Yeah. If you if you are not at a min- ministry that's conducive to your deliverance and your healing, find another ministry. Yeah. Do we have a question? Is it or is she? As as you have a question, you <laughs> type it. Yeah. Yeah. If it's not conducive, um, leave and make sure if this is something that you are trying to be delivered from. Deliverance is a process. It does not look the same for everybody. There are going to be great days. There are going to be difficult days. There are going to be days where you're triggered. You're having a great day, and then mm-hmm. you saw somebody. You saw a movie. You heard a song. So, mm-hmm. like Stanley said, dissect the reason why you are behaving this way. Get you some good accountability. There are a, a lot of different resources. Yeah. And get a therapist. I think yeah. everybody that goes through deliverance you need a therapist because you're literally trying to change from one lifestyle to another. So you, yeah. that, that could be traumatic. So you yeah. need, you need a therapist. Oh, I knew that's what she was talking about. She said, you you clarified it, leave the church. I knew that's what she was talking oh, about. Okay. I'm not saying leave the church, the body altogether. I'm saying leave that specific that ministry body. that yeah. will, is that is continuing to hold you in bondage. Yeah, I know, I know we got we got to be clear now because they was hating on sis because she told them that they had to bypass the church to get to Jesus and they didn't like that sis was apologizing on behalf of the church. Even but, Jesus had to bypass the church, so I they don't want that. They don't want that. But yeah, we got like I said, it ain't it, and it's not just people that are LGBT. It's not just you got heterosexuals that that used to be very promiscuous and they get you know we we as the church we we have done our a, a, a piss poor job <laughs> encouraging and I'm, I, maybe I shouldn't say that but oh well but we have really done a piss poor job and, you say it again. <laughs> I know I need to stop saying that but we really have done a piss poor job <laughs> at, at encouraging people that want to be like we can't preach Jesus saves and Jesus delivers and then when somebody claims deliverance we still label them as what they used to be. The Bible says any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. creature. Once we repent and we confess our faults before the Lord, he washes us and cleanses us at that moment. And That's too easy for them. They don't like that. It it don't make sense to the world. The Bible calls it the foolishness of preaching. That's foolishness because how can you change? God can't change people. They don't like that. They they want you to throw up. Like They want uh, visible signs that you was delivered. Everybody ain't got to throw up. Everybody got to slither like snakes and all that. Some people can just get delivered instantly of making one decision. You know what? I'm, I've known people that were alcoholics that made one decision and said, I'm not drinking no more. And they have not touched the bottle in over 30 years. I'm not doing drugs no more. They made up. They Once your mind is made up, you can do whatever you want to do with your mind being made up. And let me say this too, because I know we got to go. Everybody ain't got to know your business. You know, everybody got to know who you done slept with. Everybody got to know who you done did, you know, who who and what with. Because truth be told, if we knew what a lot of these people did behind closed doors, Mercy. we out of here screaming. <laughs> so everybody ain't got to know. Be honest with God. And the Lord told me this a while back. Public, private, what did he say? Private deliverance prevents public shame. If you got to take a step out the pulpit, if you got to step down from your, your platforms or whatever you have, take that time to ask the Lord to get you, get delivered and get this thing under control because you don't want to bring the shame to God. You really yeah. don't. And that, that, that's, that's what I have to remind myself. God, I don't want you. People are already looking at the church and like, they already out of control, you know, and you don't want to be another person and be like, Lord, I don't want to bring embarrassment to you. So 
Yeah, get that stuff. I'm telling you, God, if you don't want to live that lifestyle, you don't have to. God will change your desires. He'll change your feelings. But it, it may, it's going to be a journey. But at the end, yeah. it's going to be worth it. Yeah. This is good. Yeah, this was good. This was good. Mm-hmm. good. Oh, you have any um, church announcements? No, I don't have any church announcements. I'm a little upset with the church right now concerning my event. So I'm going to um, hold my um, remarks um, until I'm able to express them in a nice way. But um, you would say it was like the body or a specific church? I would probably say at this point, <laughs> you know what? Maybe we can talk about that next time. Okay. Church culture. The problem oh, with yeah. church culture. Yeah, maybe we need to talk about that. Because cause we, we, we as a church, we're, we're just so piss poor. Okay. <laughs> that's the word for tonight. Okay, that's that's what we're going to talk about. Not next week, but the week after next. We'll talk about the problems with church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about this. We're going to deal with this because y'all need to step up. This, this is horrible. This is horrible. Yeah, <laughs> I'm forgiving him. I have, I, I have forgiven him. I, I really have, and I had to. I, the Lord had to really deal with me with this because I'm like, see, y'all be sitting up here prophesying and telling people to do stuff, and then when we do stuff, y'all don't show up. So we'll deal with that later. We'll deal with that. Later. Jesus, we'll deal with that. Later. Single ladies and all the married ones, if you are interested, I would love to have you at the retreat that I'm hosting next year. The singles retreat for in June. And then there's a marriage retreat later in July. I might have to do. Tell me what if I do like a a sing. Oh, no, I don't know. I say a singles women, and then like a singles men have like me. Yeah, we should do like a cruise. I don't know. We just talked about this reality. <laughs> we do speed dating and all that on the cruise. Oh yeah, we should. We got to have, have one of those kind of events. Speed yeah. dating. Let's well, talk they, about it. They don't really show up to speed dating events, but we'll show up. I don't know. We don't like speed dating like that. Y'all show up to see who is there, but right. we're not there to But we ain't gonna sit at the table and talk like that. So right. if you're interested if you're interested in joining me at the retreats, there are seven spots for the singles retreat and nine spots for the marriage retreat. Um you can go to churchgirlsmovement.com for more information. Next, not next week. The week after next, in two weeks, we're going to talk about the problems with church culture. Anything else? Mm-mm. I'm good. All right. Until next time, this is the room. Let me get off this thing. <laughs>